You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 727 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. On this month's USDF episode, we have the author of our new book, Sue Grice, who wrote The Training Spiral. After that, we're joined by one of the latest Century Riders, Diane Little, and we'll close it up with Mary Claire Hiller talking about center lines. This is Reese Scoffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Phil. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. How's it going, Reese? Love it. Well, it has been a busy week here, not going to lie. And we have to welcome everyone for the American Eventing Championships. So it's fun because so many people are in town. My eventer friends are in town. And, uh, I've been at the horse park the last several days and getting people ready to go. And um, yeah, it's fun. You know, any championship is just, I think really people have to remember it's an honor to be there, number one. Uh, And number two, in eventing, the scores are so tight. That's what's tricky about it. It's the, the tests aren't that technically difficult, but you really have to be perfect. And if you're not perfect at this event, it's you're not gonna gonna do that well. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> on, yes. your, on your dressage, you're talking about on your dressage. dressage tests. Yes, exactly. And and you know I'm coaching pretty much everyone from beginner novice to to intermediate, and and so as you get into the higher levels, obviously it's a little bit different. But uh, the beginner novice and novice, whew, you gotta be, you gotta know your geometry. You gotta be spot on with every transition. Um, it's 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 stressful, but uh, it's been fun, and it's been fun to see all my students, you know, get ready and help them. So it's been busy. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I have 12 people over there. So. Uh, and and 12, 12 sets of feelings and all the things. Oh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the been 12, good. 12 sets of expectations and, and yes. all of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a challenge. Yes. Be nice to your coaches, everybody. Because remember, we're, we're all, <laughs> we're coaching Treat here. Them well. Treat them Treat well. Treat as well. Maybe, yeah, you know, give them uh, a six pack or, or you know, Anything. their favorite champagne. <laughs> And Ooh, now we're talking. Yeah. Hint, hint. Now we're yeah. talking. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And it's so fun to see people do well and, and uh, the ups and downs and all the all arounds. But we've had really good success. Actually, everyone's done really well. We have another group tomorrow on Friday. And then and I literally step out. I'm like, okay, my part's over. You know, now you go talk to your event coach. I mean, your jumping coach. So uh, <laughs> it's fun. But it, it's been fun to to do that and to be a part of that event. And you know, again, it's another reason why it's fun to live here in Lexington. Um, everybody comes and visits us a couple of times a year, which is pretty fun. So I become very popular around U.S. finals and AEC's time. I don't, I don't know why. I think people want <laughs> stalls. <laughs> uh, but no, it's been really fun. So 
I love championship season and, and wish everybody well. We're, we're going to, we'll finish here and then we go into regional season, which is nuts. So um, we'll, we'll just keep our heads down and keep swimming and, and, and making things better. So it's been fun. So. Well, we, we should, we should tell everyone that uh, we are recording a week early. So uh, this episode won't get uh, released until September. Um, you know, perhaps, perhaps you'll have a bit of a break there, Reese. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, you're, you're very kind. We, I have a, a wonderful charity event uh, for the Brook. Uh, it's here actually next Thursday, which is when we, when we record. So it was great. The whole team uh, was really, really nice. And, and, and so we have a fun night at the horse, but it's actually at the horse park also as well to uh, bring, bring the organization, the Brook, um, which is a, a great organization. We've done some stuff with them here on the podcast. So I'll tell you all about the event, uh, but it's next Thursday. So yes, we kind of switched our, our day off days to today. So thanks to you guys. You're very sweet. Uh, so I could go to the event next Thursday. So um, which will be great. So I'll tell you all about it once, once we do that. So we are a little bit early. And so the results from AECs will be out when this podcast goes live. Hey, horse lovers, it's Telefriend September here at the Horse Radio Network, and we need your help. We know you love our show because you get so much value from it. So we're asking you to spread the word to all of your horsey friends. Tell them about us at the barn, on the trail ride, in the ring, and of course, on social media. It's a free way to help to support the show and spread the love of horses. And while you're at it, drop us a review on your podcast player. That would really help us out. Thank you for all of your help in Telefriend Month. We couldn't do it without you. Here are some ways to spread the word. Share our social media post. Tag your horsey friends in our post. Mention us in your own social media post. Share your favorite shows with your friends and leave us a review on your podcast player. Thank you for your help. We appreciate your support for the Horse Radio Network. We're here to help you learn more about horses, connect with other horse lovers, and have fun. So spread the word and let's grow the horse community together. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay, and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in Microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. 
Microphase provides vitamins such as vitamin E in a natural form so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, tonight we are thrilled to have the author of The Training Spiral, Sue Grice, on the line. Sue is a PhD in e-learning and is a United Kingdom Coaching Certificate Level 3 Dressage-specific coach, British Dressage Accredited Coach, and British Horse Society Professional Accredited Coach. Sue, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, and thank you ever so much for inviting me along. Well, we're thrilled. And I loved reading your certified coaching. Phil and I are both certified in our countries. So we really love to plug certifications. And girl, you got a lot of them. So I was thrilled to have you. (laughs) Thank you. It's taken me a few years to accumulate them all, but it's been worth it. I I love it. We don't talk about how many years it takes us to get the certifications, but we're thrilled you have them. So Sue, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I started riding at quite a young age and I got my first pony when I was 14. And then when I left school, I went and trained at a local livery yard for two years where I gained my British Horse Society qualifications. And then since then, I've been coaching for well over 30 years now. I kind of got a little bit sidetracked and did a computing degree and a PhD in e-learning. But all through my career, like my horses have been my passion and teaching sort of in any form, whether I'm teaching horses or whether I'm teaching riders. I'm just passionate about teaching and coaching. Well, well, God bless you. I was just talking to someone about their this passion for teaching people, not horse riding, but I mean, where would we be without our lovely coaches? Yeah, but no, it's something even from a very young age. I've just always been drawn to, to helping people. And really, I think my main thing is about communication. I myself, I'm actually dyslexic. And I think going through school, had difficulties with communication. So it's helped me because I kind of become quite a problem solver. But I think also it helps me get across ideas to people in different ways. A lot of people think it's been a disadvantage being dyslexic, but in many ways, I I think it's been an advantage for me. So that's interesting, Sue. I am also dyslexic. And have some trouble with left and right. And as I've gone through my career, I'm one of those people that my coaches always had to put me in a position to feel what they wanted me to do. And then I could reproduce it. I was very, I couldn't get it from a different perspective. Like I could read, I could do whatever, but for me, I had to be put in the position. So luckily I've had some amazing coaches in my career who were able to do that and are still able to do that. So it's interesting how that came up when I was little. and. It was one of those things I didn't pick it up. Well, my mom knew about it and she didn't, she said, wouldn't have helped you if I told you anyways, but I really struggled when I learned a foreign language 
but I could compensate when it came to writing and to in English. But when I was learning German, I struggled with it. So that's interesting that you say that because I do think a lot of writers have that. My sister also. So, uh, you know, again, I think that's where your really good coaches come in and different resources and different ways of, of explaining things. And so I think that's really interesting that you mentioned that as well. Yeah, and just it's it's something which has really helped me over the years. Just I think look at things from different angles and just yeah, looking at things from different perspectives. And now one of my I suppose key things that I always do is I tend to look at things from the horse's perspective and try to think from the horse's perspective what are they understanding and what are they learning from it, and then I try and help riders to sort of also see things from the horse's perspective. And I think that's where the communication side of things comes in. So that that's really something which I'm always really keen to try and help riders with, is just understanding their horses more. So was that the inspiration for the book or, or how did you decide to write a book? I mean, that's a huge undertaking. Yeah, the idea of the training spiral, I've used this kind of concept and this idea in my training for a long time. And actually, the inspiration for writing the book really was I actually broke my ankle in the middle of winter. And yeah. so <laughs> I had a lot of spare time on my hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and actually finally got around to getting the ideas from my head onto paper. So that's really how it actually originally came about. And then, thankfully, Trafalgar Square Books, they said that they would publish it for me. And so, yeah, not knowing really where to start with publishing a book, they've been absolutely fantastic in helping me through the process. I definitely couldn't have done it without them. Yeah, I think Martha over there is fantastic. And they've got a whole team dedicated to assisting people to publish their thoughts. So earlier this interview, you mentioned being dyslexic. So that, that probably presented another challenge when you're trying to write a book or you're trying to be an author. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, spelling, grammar, everything like that, I really struggle with. But I've made the book really, it's quite visual. So yes, although obviously there's a lot of writing in there, because I'm a visual kind of thinker, a lot of it is based, centered around the visuals. So yeah, from that point of view, I managed. <laughs> yeah. So how did you, tell us why the spiral? Because the book is called The Training Spiral. Yeah. So, yeah, the traditional, obviously, the traditional kind of concept of the scales of training has always been built on a pyramid. And I do, like, I use the scales of training a lot when I'm coaching and when I'm riding myself. So I suppose one of the things, when it's built on a pyramid, it implies that everything has to be completed before you move on to the next stage. One of the things, although this the, the spiral concept has been in my head for quite a few years now, one of the things which really stood out to me was when I listened to other coaches discussing the scales of training, there's quite a lot of debate around things like, should straightness be above impulsion or impulsion be above straightness? And I've heard lots of discussions about, but you can't have this until you've got that. You can't have the other until you've got straightness or whatever but then I, when I started to look at it I was thinking but you need a degree of all of these things before you can move on to the next level 
So the sort of reason for a spiral as opposed to any other shapes is I like this idea of thinking that you've got this goal that you're working towards. And it doesn't matter whether that goal is going to be Grand Prix right at the top or whether it's just moving on to the next level. But I think it just allows people to have this gradual progression to whatever their eventual aim is going to be. One of the other things which I come across a lot is that people tend to what I would call like self-limit, whether it's the type of horse that they're riding or the type of rider that they are. I find that a lot of people think that they just can't move on to the next level. It almost seems like too big a jump to get to the next level. Whereas when we're working on this spiral format or spiral sort of framework, I think it then allows people to see the next level and to feel it's a gradual progress that they can get to. I also think that from the point of view of training horses, we're not demanding too much in one go. It's this gradual progression up through the stages. Yeah, I mean, we, like I said, discussed this a lot on this show and that the concepts are beneficial and it's good for people to have an idea of these iconic pillars of our sport and, and that kind of thing, but they're not mutually exclusive. I, th- I think that's the point mm-hmm. that you're trying to get across also in this book is to imagine that at all levels, all of these things work together to make the horse more balanced and whatever. And then from that training perspective, you can complete the movements or tricks. I, I talk often about that a dressage chest is just full of tricks. You know, can you complete uh, a flying change in a good way, in a balanced way, without missing any of the uh, these pillars? And then perhaps if a judge is watching, he'll give a good score. Or if you can perform a trick at a certain letter or on a designated place, that's worthy of a of an eight or however. But if you're missing something one of these concepts in, in the training and in, in your demonstration of performing your test, it's not going to be worthy, you know, and depending on how good or how bad the problems are, Absolutely. we'll give you, we'll give yeah. you a score, right? And the judge, we often comment on how like the judge's comments are not a uh, criticism of each and every moment that you're riding, but just a helpful guide to help you train the horse better in their eyes or however that goes. Yeah, yeah. But I think also one of the things which I mentioned in the book is about like going back down to safety net level. So if you're moving your way up through the spiral, but then things start to go a little bit pear-shaped or the horse struggles with something, then it's a good idea to drop back down a few levels. And this is something which I think a lot of riders just naturally will do. But not necessarily all riders understand that that concept of actually dropping back down a level or two is a good thing. I think a lot of riders, they're constantly thinking that they should be progressing on and on. And sometimes for the horse, you need to just take a step back or go back down a few tiers on the spiral just to reestablish things before you move back on again. The other concept with the spiral is that you're... You're progressing through each of the scales of training in order. So it's like a priority list that you're working through. So I find sometimes when I go to to coach people and 
things are going wrong, they very often say, oh, everything's going going wrong. But actually all it is that they've tried to fix too many things or ask the horse too many questions in one go. And actually, if you just break it back down, progressively go through each of the scales of training systematically and rebuild the spiral, suddenly everything seems to work again. But it's that communication with the horse again. And that's where I think if we try and communicate too many things in one go, it just becomes a muddle. And that's when things go pear-shaped. So another common stumbling block in training is when we get resurfacing weaknesses in the horse's training. So this is where I think every horse has its own strengths and its own weaknesses. So just for example, we could have a horse that his weakness might be to do with straightness. So he's always a little crooked on one side. And at the lower levels in the training spiral, a rider might do some exercises to help to straighten the horse up. And then they think, that's great, I've fixed that. And then, of course, they progress on higher with the horse's training. And then they start finding that, actually, I have issues with straightness again. And I find a lot of riders at this point start to get a bit demoralized and they feel a bit frustrated because they thought they'd fixed it. And they thought they'd worked through that issue or that weakness with the horse. But, of course, they had at the lower levels. And then as the horse is progressing up through the levels, we see these weaknesses reoccurring, but at a higher level. So again, I think this is something where helping riders to understand the concept of this progressive training, it means that when they hit the next or the next time that they have an issue with the horse's straightness, instead of getting demoralized about it, they actually now can start thinking, this is great because it shows me that actually the horse has moved on to a higher level. So it puts more of a positive spin on on things rather than riders getting frustrated and upset that the issues that they thought they'd solved have reappeared again. Yeah, yeah. no, that's fantastic. Well, I think you've done a great job kind of giving people an idea of what we're going to be reading in the book. I We just got our books filled and I was leaving through before the interview and I'm really looking forward to reading it. And, and like you said, the diagrams are phenomenal. How can our listeners find it online and get going on the book club book? So, uh, yep, you can get the book from horseandriderbooks.com and it's published by Trafalgar Square Books. Well, fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on. We all can't wait to read it. That's great. Thanks ever so much for having me. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than spalding fly predators. Well, for this month's Adult Amateur Spotlight, I had the honor of meeting Diane Little at a clinic over the weekend. Diane, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Reese, for having me. I've been looking forward to it. I know. So I met you this weekend, and you came in the ring for your clinic lesson with your wonderful horse, and you had two amazing things to tell me. So first of all, you had just done your century ride, which we're going to talk all about, and you got your bronze medal. So I just want to give you a clap because that's Amazing. So I wanted you just to start to tell us a little bit about yourself and your horse. Well, thank you. Um, I am um, 81 years old, 
And my horse is Slogan. He is uh, 24 years old. I have had him since uh, 2019. Um, at that uh, time, I had uh, lost my old horse, who uh, Wolfie, who was 27 years old, um, in the spring. And in the fall, um, a former dressage instructor of mine called and said uh, in his typical fashion, uh, Diane, I've got the horse for you. And I said, oh, I don't really think so. Uh, I'm not really looking to own another horse. And he uh, sort of encouraged me to take a look at um, a video that he had of him. And so... I uh, I did, and uh, the girl that owned him in Alabama said that I could take him on a 30-day trial. Slogan came to me, and uh, we felt like maybe it might be a, a match um, for us. So that's sort of the way uh, he came to me. And um, I'm uh, 81 years old. And uh, we have been having an awfully good time together. Well, I like the story a lot because I, uh, earlier you had told us that he was imported at, at 11 and had done kind of young riders and, and maybe U21. And then, I mean, his time is not done yet. He's obviously well cared for. But but then, you know, some somebody else can take him on and, and love him and, and uh you know, s still compete and, and do all the things. I, you know, I really love stories like that. He, uh, yes, he uh, actually had done uh, very well for the the young writer in Florida. And um, she, I think, uh, kept him until she aged out of young writers. And um, then he was bought as a schoolmaster by the uh, girl in Alabama. And he actually, before he came to me, he had not been shown for about eight years. Um, uh, the owner in Alabama turned him out to pasture for a couple of years and then sold him to another person there in, uh, in Alabama that rode him frequently but did not uh, compete him. And then... Um, they sent him back to the original owner, and she turned him back out in the pasture. See, he had not been ridden for about two and a half years when I got him, and so it has his musculature and everything needed quite a bit of work, and uh, so it was sort of a, a slow process bringing him back up, but with uh, uh, fairly frequent riding and um, our doing what we could do together, he uh, put on weight and muscle and began to look uh, like a, a much younger horse than, uh, than he was. So um, <laughs> I, I we um, uh, decided to uh, do our century ride uh, in the fall of 2022. That is so cool. I love it. So Diane, tell everybody how, how does one do that? Because when we were talking this weekend, I, I don't think we've had interviewed anyone that's done a century ride. So how do you do that? Well, um, 
the main uh, thing that you have to do to apply for a century ride is uh, to have a combined uh, age of the uh, horse and rider of at least 100 years. And uh, so my being... um, 80 at the time, and slogan being 23, uh, we were uh, well past uh, the age requirement. So um, I, yes. uh, the Dressage Foundation is the one that sort of uh, sponsors this, and uh, on their website, there is an application that you fill out and send to them along with some proof of your age and of your horse's age and uh, as, as, like a driver's license and if you have the horse's papers. I think they uh, make some allowance uh, for it if a vet will certify a horse's age um, that that might work also. So you send your application in um, along with those things and a couple of weeks before your intended ride. And they they make it very easy as far as what shows you can do it at. It can either be a recognized show or a schooling show. And the, the biggest requirement is that you have um, a recognized judge or a professional uh, score the test for you. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's that's basically how you get started with it. Is there a, a minimum score requirement to uh, to achieve? There's not. No, there's not a minimum score requirement. Um, you um, can do it um, at a schooling show. Um, I think some people have, if they have a judge that's available to them they can write it at home you know but so they make it very easy for you to do it um in my case i decided uh to with the encouragement of a friend of mine to do it at a recognized show and uh i'm so glad that i did um i i did it down at the horse park and i had worked at my second and third level test for um, a show um, earlier in the summer, and uh, we had come pretty close to our scores uh, for our bronze medal of 60%, so um, I decided to ride the century ride in the fall at the the horse park and to go ahead and uh, try to ride my second-level test and my third-level test uh, in regular classes, which I did that weekend. And um, I fortunately was able to get um, two 60% scores uh, toward my bronze medal um, then, So, which was very, very exciting. Oh, my goodness. It is so exciting. Well, Diane, you are truly an inspiration for us all. And I just loved your spirit and I loved your horse. And it was just so fun to see you guys enjoying riding and your successes. I mean, a bronze medal century ride, those are no joke, my friend. So I just wanted to highlight you and have you come on the show and, um, you know, and just, you're just so young and fun and I just loved it. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you. 
As horse owners, we spend a lot of time on the road. Let U.S. Rider help keep you covered. Our equestrian motor plan offers fast, reliable, nationwide service from our highly trained roadside assistance team. 24-7 coverage for both you and your horse. Membership includes horse trailer servicing, towing, flat tire repair, even on dual wheels, battery assistance, and lockout service on any vehicle in your plan. We also have your equine companions covered with referrals for emergency vet services, barrier referrals, and emergency stabling assistance. Get peace of mind on the road for you and your horse. Join U.S. Rider today. Well, for this week's trainer tip, we are so thrilled to have four-time gold medalist from the 2023 North American Youth Championships, Mary Pillar, on the line. Hi, Mary. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Thank you so much. Well, Mary, what is our tip? Because you just won four gold medals, my friend. So (laughs) I want to know what your tip is. (laughs) So my biggest tip that I can give people going into the show ring is making sure that their center lines are pristine. So if you go in with a good straight center line and a good balance with a good halt, it starts your test out in a, in a really good manner and gives the judge a really good impression. And it starts your test out as an 80% and then, you know, instead of a 60%. So I think definitely a good center line is a great tip for anyone wanting to really excel in dressage. I think, you know, um, also, at the end of the test, there's a center line as well. So there's, yes, I mean, it's exactly. a chance for, for two two movements to get uh, a very good mark. And people have heard, you know, s- similar tip previously, but it's it's so important that all the tests, you know, whether it's walk, trot, canter, exactly. you know, um, it, it's it's something that you don't need a fancy horse to practice. And, and uh, you know, this week, I was working on uh, some some test movements with with my riders, and something that really irritated me was that they couldn't hit the center line. Exactly. You know? so, yes, and- I, you, you can be like a couple feet off, or or I've heard from judges as well that they if there's a judge at B or E, if you're before X or after X, that's a bit of a pet peeve for them as well. Um, and if you think about it too, it's it's a double coefficient since you do it twice. So I think, um, I think that that it's super important. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you want to start out at an 80%. You don't want to start out at 50% and cause you're already digging yourself (laughs) out of a hole, you know, and and now we're going toward championships and a lot of times, you know, championship season now regionals and young riders and festival and they're, they're here now. And, and just a good reminder. I mean, these are things you should practice pretty much every day, right? I mean, this is something you should train. Yeah, because you can't you can't drill a halt too much, you know. I think you know sprinkle them in every ride, you know, but keep it playful with the horses. But the more they understand the the aids for having a good halt and then having a square halt as well as just it's invaluable. Right. No, I love it because it's it's absolutely one of those things that you should train, and it shouldn't be. Uh, you know, you should be so ingrained in you that it, when you're at the horse show and you're nervous and you have two or three or five judges or whatever you have, um, you know, you need to be practicing that and ready to go. So um, I love it. 
We want well, everything I know, to I, I just, yeah, I, I tell, I tell my students that, you know, if it's something like, like that, a halt or, you know, don't practice it until you get it right. Practice it until you can't get it wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, that, I think that's, uh, that's a quote from some famous coach or, or something anyway. Yeah. So, I've, heard that. I've heard that before. I love it. That is so good. <laughs> I love it. Well, Mary, Great. thank you for your time tonight. How can our listeners oh, find you online you if they have any questions for you? So I'm on Facebook as my name, Mary Claire Pillar, and then same on Instagram at Mary Pillar with two R's. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Well, Phil, we always love those email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. We're working on them. We've got a few recorded and ready to go in the queue, which is exciting. Don't forget our book club book, The Training Spiral by Sue Grice. It's going and heads up everybody. Phil is going to be doing the lottery for the book. And if you are not an auditor of the Horse Radio Network, you should be. And that's where you get the book. So everybody who is an auditor, Keep an eye out for it. If you want to be in the lottery, join the Facebook page. That would be fun. The United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week. 